Ray Montgomery, like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness Podcast. And on today's show, I have Mr. Ron Carter. How you doing, Mr. Carter? I'm doing all right, Ray. Right on. All right. Well, I wanted to bring you on the podcast today, Ron, because I know you're currently going through our rehabilitation program. So I wanted to really learn uh-huh. about your experience here at our Center for Visionary Solutions for the Blind and also, you know, what you've done prior to coming to our center. So... Let's start off first. Um, before you came to the center, uh, what what were you uh, doing here before you came to Bobby the Privates? Oh well, directly before I came here, uh, <laughs> um, I was actually basically trying to find my way. Uh, I was actually just coming into the portion of actually accepting that I was blind, but uh, I had settled for a portion of society, and I was working in the automotive industry for for several years. It happened to be something that I was offered and able to do. Uh, while I was blind, fortunately. Um, but prior to that, you know, and then along at the beginning of that, just an advocate, uh, in my community back home where I'm from originally and, um, uh, trying to do a, trying to be a grassroots starter, man, with a whole bunch of little small businesses trying to get figured out what's the direction to point them in and, and then, and, and, and how to grow them and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but when I lost my eyesight, I, I kind of, Dropped off from all of those things, uh, kind of lost my level of confidence. Well, I lost my financial backing yeah. <laughs> because of my independence. Uh, so where, you, where did you come from? Where, where part of Indiana are you coming from? Uh, well, I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, born and raised, but then I come, I'm here by way of uh, Newburgh, Indiana, which is right outside of Evansville. I've been here now for, since April the 10th of 2010. Okay. Um, so I've been over here and I've worked in the automotive industry for the last you know, eight years, until last October. Okay. Uh, so, so, so what caused your vision loss? Uh, I have glaucoma and uveitis. Okay. And uh, it just wasn't discovered really until I lost my eyesight. A uh, whole lot of things to say that could pre- be proclaimed to me. Getting it, I played football. I played baseball. And I played the football in the era where, you know, they weren't pacified like they are now. Like right. You could you could hit people, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, and I understand there's some things, you know, talking about ducking your head and stuff like that, but, you know, the elements are part of the game, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, but I was born with a condition and I've always had problems seeing and it was kind of diagnosed at that time that it was like seasonal hay fever and allergies. And so, you know, I, I thought these were things that everybody was dealing with. So, uh, so ever since you can remember you had problems seeing as a, as a young man, you yes. had a difficulty? Yes, and so I mean, uh, my 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 first real remembrance at this age, at forty, get ready to be forty one. At this age, at seven years, uh, nine years old, when I started to play baseball, it was my very first day of baseball practice. Uh, my mom takes me out there, and they hit me a fly ball, and I could not see it until it hit me. And, I mean, it looked like something out of a movie, um, but the ball hit me dead on my forehead. Okay. Um, and I, I just couldn't pick it up in the air. I could pick up the sound, right? But I couldn't pick up how to see the ball. And I just thought everybody again. I thought everybody had this problem. So I just from from first ball hit to me. I just thought it was a different way we need to track the ball. So uh, I found a different way. So when were you actually diagnosed uh, with glaucoma? Uh, not until I went blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and some time after that, it took them some time and uh in a whole bunch of testing so well, this is 2019 uh, I, I i'll give that 2008 2009 right. 
before I even was aware that it was glaucoma. So only for the last 25% of my life have I even known what I was dealing with to try to combat it. But, you know, it was a couple, sir, you know, I've had a couple of procedures and, and whatnot. Uh, but we've had an abundance of, of, of testing. Testing me for everything. Scleroderma, sarcoidosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, Crohn's. Um, just, just wasn't able to find, you know, um, quite the source or any other different diagnosis other than glaucoma and uveitis. Okay. So even though you were uh, diagnosed with glaucoma and you didn't really know what it was at the time, you were still uh, working in sales, correct? Yes. Um, you know, well, I was doing a couple things. As a matter of fact, but yeah, I was still trying to find my way. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna just sit down because, of course, again, I didn't remember. I didn't accept the fact that I was blind. Right. I woke up one day and I couldn't see. My eyesight wasn't gonna put me away and in, in, in one night's sleep. Um, you know, I mean, I had eye problems, but the lights got cut off in one night, and so I just assumed that they was gonna get cut back on right. in one day. And so, you know, I was in denial. You know, I'm not blind. I'm just hard of seeing. You know, right? I lived my whole life this way. I didn't, you know, I've been able to do a, a whole bunch of stuff that everybody else been able to do. I never mm-hmm. looked at my side as a limitation like that. So when you woke up and you couldn't see, what was your next thing that you did? You <laughs> back to work? I said, you Man, freak was, out. Uh, I'm going to have PTSD talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I, I freaked out, brother. I, I had yeah. just gotten into the dream home that I wanted. And I was starting a family at that time and, and started to have some of my business propositions starting to move in the proper direction. And, uh, and I mean, I woke up and, and again, this is a new home for me. I mean, I had only been in this house for like a month and a half. So I'm still learning how to, I never had to learn how to navigate with my eyes closed. Right. I'm fucked hell down the steps. I mean, I'm trying to get to the kitchen, uh, to, to the bathroom. I'm trying to get water. I'm trying to flush my eyes. I'm rubbing my eyes. I'm going, I found the towel and, and I'm, I'm, I'm heating this up with water and, and I'm trying to put this over my face. And, you know, um, after a while, I just crumbled and fell in the middle of the kitchen floor and started praying and I laid there. Yeah. I laid there and I cried until I didn't have no more tears. I cried myself to sleep. Kind of, I'm kind of glad that I was at home by myself. I didn't want to see, let nobody else see me like that in retrospect. But, uh, it, it, it was horrifying. Um, cause I didn't know immediately. I thought that I had done something in life to this wrong. Like, like, you know, oh, this is punishment. Cause a lot of people, when they lose their sight, they know we go through a lot of different emotions. So definitely denial is first thing that's yes. going through your mind. So now you're thinking like, okay. Let me find a doctor. Let me get a second opinion. Yes. Let me get a third opinion. Let me pray. Let me get some oil. Yes. It was all type of things that yes. go through people's minds once they lose their vision. So, yes. so I, what was your wife's thoughts? What, what was well, wife at that time, I wasn't married. I was engaged to a woman. Okay. Um, <laughs> all of that came down in shambles. Mm. Um, she and I are no longer together. Um, we were with child. Um, she made a decision upon that against my will. Um, uh, she, she parted, she's on back to work, you know, where, where she from at that, you know, so without my, without my business ventures up and running, it wasn't nothing but a short period of time that this, this now literal dream home that I picked out mm-hmm. this neighborhood when I was a child, I'm a beat. I was the first young black man in that neighborhood Right. I could still sleep with my door open. Okay. Right. And then I had to let, I had to let that go. I had to, I, I, I didn't have to. Retreat back to the nest. Thank God for a nest, you know. 
So how did you uh, find Bob's Enterprises? How, what what brought you here to Bob's Enterprises? How did you get introduced to Bob's Enterprises? Well, when I, upon my time here in Evansville, um, and I was working uh, uh, in, in, in the car industry, I had been dealing with a whole lot of the pushback back there with my blindness. So I tried to go find some support um, because I had a customer of mine come in and say to me, that there are resources there locally. Now, I knew about them back home in Kentucky, but I wasn't aware of where things are here. And uh, one of my customers happened to work at the office of the blind there in Evansville. So I went to go visit them, and they was able to help me with some jumpstart simple tools to to attempt to help me. Mm -hmm. And then they let me know about Voc Rehab and the resources that Voc Rehab can help me with. and I heard the mention of Bosma at that time because evidently there was an extension office there at that uh, office of the blind in Evansville some years ago. And so upon me calling Voc Rehab, and I have a great counselor, Matt Dibble, um, uh, he, he quickly, after evaluating me and my circumstances and, and us having some conversations, like later on, you know, we have an opportunity. We have an organization called Bosman that we send a lot of clients to, mm-hmm. and the gentleman who's a businessman like yourself, and you know, um, who's, who's really trying to be productive. Whether you thinking about going back to school or work, uh, you know, there's a there's a few programs they happen to have that might be best for you, um, and but it can also help you polish up on some skills in this transition along the way. Because I talked to him about that phase of acceptance. I was now coming into, okay, yes, I am blind. You know, because now I'm at the blind office. How long did it take you to accept that? Oh, my gosh. Are you still trying to accept it? I, I, I think in some ways I'm still, yeah. um, I think initially it probably took me about 10 years. Okay. Um, I've been blind now for 15. Um, no, so I'm going to have to save longer than that. Um, I, it's, it's only been about a year and a half, maybe two years that that I that you would hear me even define myself as yeah I'm blind right before oh yeah I'm hard of seeing or I don't see too well I didn't want to carry a cane you know, I got my cane this past February you won't catch me without it now yeah. you know um, try to kind of like soften the the blow uh, make I don't know I, what the word yeah. I'm looking for but I understand what you're saying had to kind of ease into ease it. into it right well right. And, and I think part of it was that when I was in the sales industry. They wanted me to use this stuff as a prop. And so it kind of pushed me away, you know. Um, they wanted you to use your blindness? Yeah, they wanted me to use my blindness as a prop. They wanted me to use that as a, you know, well, my direct boss. He wanted me to use that as a, as a streamline of advertising, you know. Really for him, hey, look, I've got a blind car, so right. know, I'm a good guy. I'll tell one of the, one of the underlings, right. you know. Um, when as for myself, I'm like, that's humiliating. Yeah. It's already difficult enough coming out here and dealing with a, with an environment that I don't look like everybody. And right. now you want me to expose my vulnerability. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm living on my own at this time. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not married. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't have a girlfriend. My folks, well, I have one, had one, but you know, we didn't live together. Right. You know, my family's not up here. You know, the only thing that I have in Evansville. It was my son. I, I, he, me, and his mother met when I first got there, and and we were in, we we was together for you know two years and some change. We was getting ready to get married, and, you know some 
that's a, again dealing with my blindness became a a, a greater challenge right. than than she may have thought. We have a we have a much better line of communication now, um, but uh, and she accepts that differently now. But I mean, heck, I don't move on. I'm married now, you know, so. Well, yeah, definitely. You don't want to. Uh, I didn't want to use that as a plot. You know, I wanted to deal with. Like I wanted people to deal with me because right. who I am. And then at the same time, they can probably try. They can take advantage of that situation yeah, if they try, try so to or choose to. And then and co-workers would. Yeah, co-workers would. would. You know, imagine any sales industry. I mean, even if I worked at, at anywhere where it's a tally, you know, if they can see a customer before I can, they oh, have an advantage. Right. If the customer comes in, even if they have the intentions on seeing me, even if they ask for me, if I'm not in the vicinity, I'll never know that they're there. Right. That's undermining you, you right know? there. And, and, and I just had to put a halt to that for my own emotions. Since I realized that the circle of the circumstance wasn't going to put a halt to that, I made the choice myself. Now, yeah, I make good money, but I realized that the money isn't everything. You know, because now I'm realizing as, I, as I'm accepting my blindness, my quality of life is gone. Oh, big time. I'm no longer as, you know, I still have my moments of being depressed. Well, I'm going to say this as a um, person who's blind myself. I'm just looking back and you're talking about as a blind car salesman or a salesman who was blind. I mean, that's that's another aspect of another opportunity that another person may not have thought they could even do. And that's you true. Didn't, you didn't just did it right there. You were selling cars and F-150s. <laughs> and, and I promise, F-150s, 250s, 450s, and 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 I'll say this as humbly as I can, but and, and and I'm gonna say this part for those who may have doubt and not be sure. Um, over my whole automotive career, I was one of the top three salesmen in, in my whole entire career. Now I was in the automotive industry for a total of thirteen years. I was a product specialist. I was a master certified sales consultant. I worked solely off of appointment. I didn't go out on the parking lot and go. Of customers and right. I look for them because of course I cannot. So I developed the relationships. My customer satisfaction index was a ninety eight point seven over my career uh, over the last eight years where I was actually gauged because uh, at that point in time I was actually a master certified sales consultant, which by the way there's only a handful in this state. Um, I also previously prior to that worked in the automotive industry. Um, with a traveling sales team. So I've also sold cars in 38 out of the 50 states. Um, I have finished, uh, I finished number two in product uh, presentation and demonstration out of a whole sales force of over 800 salesmen across the country who was all here at the same competition. Uh, second in closing and presentation of, of, of numbers. Um, uh, first in appointment setting and customer retention skills, um, but I also displayed that at the local dealership, you know. So um, it, it, it became a thing that I realized it is a service business and not a sales. I had to set myself apart, right. you know. And so I had to use the things that I did have. I had I had some decent sense. <laughs> um, I can hear well, so I have to listen to what people want. Right. Um, and then I have to just realize some of the morals I have and say, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Matter of fact, you want to try to treat them better than you want to be treated. Uh, you're going to fall short in the human, right? I definitely think some of your, your blindness probably played a, a role in you being even more successful and, you know, related to that customer and not yes. really trying to get over on yes. individuals because you didn't want anyone to get over on you. So right. now that you're in this field, 
I mean, yes. just being a, a salesman yes. who was blinded definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> great. And that Absolutely. just really lets me know that anything can be accomplished That's if you right. really put your mind to it on that end right there. So That's it's right. like, I wouldn't have ever thought about it. I would be a salesman. But it might be somebody that <laughs> listened to this podcast and be like, you know what? Yeah. I did want to sell cars before I lost my sight or I, I never, you know, was able to see, but I still want to sell cars. You don't have to and, see the car. And, you just got to know about the car. Correct. And that's it right <laughs> that's there. That's it. And, my, and, I, and I'll say this real quick. My favorite part of the process is actually the demonstration. Because, one, you actually get to listen to the you. What you should have done is actually listen to what the customer wants and needs, and you actually get to apply. You now get to show them that you've been listening to them and that you care. And because I'm now able to help them select a vehicle, and I can tell them all about. I don't. I don't sit here and just ramble off, you know. But I point, I'm able to point out the things that they desire in a vehicle and why. And they're like, "Wow, you, you see." So you set yourself apart. So I will say that if anyone who who is low vision or in the and or 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 blind or has any thought or any inclination, or if they love cars or they love people, don't worry about the sales process. Because if you're genuine, which you will be, you will actually be exceptionally genuine in that in that industry. Upon you entering into that, um, you follow that, you just learn your product, you will naturally take off because you'll learn to set appointments for yourself. You won't, you know, you'll you'll just do things differently. You'll do them the right way. So if the whole industry did it, we actually wouldn't have the bad signal that it has. But so so right now you're here at the Enterprise. So what have you uh, learned that how has Bosman actually enhanced the quality of your life right now? Um, first off, I want to say the positivity uh, uh, and the encouragement. Going from an environment that was so septic uh, to, to an environment from the time that you come on your orientation to the to the first moment that you walk in the door and, and the first voice that you hear when you walk in there from a day-to-day basis is extremely positive. Now, I happen to have a very good support system, me personally, but I realize everybody doesn't have that. But for, for, for it to be the blind portion of the community, right. it's exceptional. Me learning things like I thought it was going to be way too hard for me to learn Braille. Net, forget about it. I can write with a slate now, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a slate and stylus. I can actually use a Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, now, it's only level one at that point in time, but that allows me to read the alphabet, mm-hmm. all the numbers, and and, and, and and a great portion of the, the general punctuation symbols. Well, I can read stories. So, right. so if I was going to sit down and read the book, the Bible, in Braille, then I could. You know, just every letter be spelled out. My, my comfort with my orientation and going out has, has, has grown exponentially. Um, before, I would not really want to go out at night unless I'm in an extremely familiar area. Right. Or I really wouldn't leave unless I'm with someone. Right. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm up here, since, you know, at times when we're out of class, I'm up here by myself. Man, I got my cane and I'm out of here. <laughs> you know? Um, and then then when it comes to me redirecting my thought to further my education and, 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 and advance more in different business ventures and opportunities, I've learned some additional skills with the growing age of technology. Okay. Um, I've gathered some computer skills, learning how to use. I was a Zoom text owner. I cannot say I was a proficient user because even with the magnification, I still had some limitations. And it's so zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, change unconscious. 
you know, um, it's difficult in the work setting because of the time of the customer. You got to respect the other person's right. time. Um, but now that I am utilizing Fusion, so I have jobs incorporated with that, learning how to utilize that uh, has been a tremendous growth. I found myself reading books and books and books. I think I've finished more books since I've been here than I've read the whole rest of my life. And, and that's real. Yeah. That's that and that is is real. So just even me being able to see opportunities and avenues for me to input knowledge into myself for me to continue growing. Um that's been extremely huge. Um there have been some other things, you know, some better some safer techniques uh in the kitchen because like I said, you know, I, I lived on my own. Right. Um, but I've got the bumps and bruises to, to, to show for it. So I've learned a lot a lot of techniques that allow me to be Safer, which also brings peace of mind to my circle. You know, not just me, but also to my circle. My oh, kids. You know, when you were cooking beforehand. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Whatever you could do. <laughs> it'd be dangerous, I'm telling you. Right. Hey, Ron's getting ready to grill. Everybody back up. Just watch. Look, they sit back and just watch the show to see what's right. getting ready to happen. Oh, right. You know, and then in amazement. Uh, but, but, I mean, I, 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 I burned myself a few times. Matter of yeah, fact, right yeah. before I came here, I mean, I had a real, real good burn all the way up my arm, just just from you know lack of technique, yeah. uh, moving too fast. Again, a moment of denial. Yeah. I'm not blind. I can go in here and do everything. Here, let me do that. I can feel the bed too, you know. Um, but but then in in addition to that, though, it's also been an opportunity and a launch pad of of a greater circle. Um, and I'll be honest, I, me being able to meet, you was the first person that I met outside of this immediate circle that we had. When I met you, and I, and I seen your, your, your approach to the room when you came to speak to us in our first group. You helped encourage me, you know, um, I, you know, just following in, in, in the same foot of all I had. There's, there's another, there's another gentleman from the same neck of the woods that, man, you had such a, a glowing smile on your face, and that's the type of happiness that I was attempting. That's, right. that's what I'm after. Right. You know, and uh, being able to get exposed to some, of, some more of the people over the, the corporate side and, and then other advocate groups out in the community. You know, I've been trying to do some research on, like, the Council of the Blind and the Federation and other disability groups. Um I just wasn't even aware that these things existed right. for us to go and gain additional support. Things like the Vision Expo, the Crossroads, and I can see, heck, I thought it was just an app. It's actually a location full of devices. I, I just wasn't aware of these things. So it has, being here at Bosma has raised my level of awareness. It has brought me into a comfortable place as far as acceptance. Um, when it comes to me, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Le'Ron Carter Sr., and I'm, and I'm blind. But, like, I can say that comfortably now. Right. You know, I'm not hard to see, not that, and none of that. No, I'm, I'm blind. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and so, and, and this has been a good turnstile with a relationship with my VR counselor, Matt Dibble, um, to help me go into a new direction. Uh, like, I'll be, I'm, I'm taking my assessment right now as I'm wrapping up for my business enterprise program. Okay, cool, cool. Which kind of runs through here. I've already been accepted back into school, so I'm doing that as well. I've got 
five hours. I got uh, five classes. I'm sorry, fifteen hours to complete my degree. Um, ten hours, I'll have a dual major, so I'm probably honestly going to take the ten hours. The dual major, you know, heck, if I'm already in there, I may as well go and get it. Right, down. exactly. You know, and it, it it's a uh, it's kind of a uh, reset button uh, to really give you time and an environment to find your way. You know, I think that's very healthy to, to, to really understand that. It's an environment to help you find your way. You don't come into it like it's the solution. You're the solution. But, but, but let yourself be exposed and be molded by the things that you're surrounded by, by the experience of being here. So you can then now launch off into whatever it is you, you know, your heart's That's exactly it. And I definitely appreciate you saying that. And I, well, imagine what you have planned for the future, but I see you got it all planned out right well, now. So. I, well, I'm almost, 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 almost. Yeah, you know, uh, the BP. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. You know, the BP is something I'm getting ready to go yes. into, but it is my, it is my safety net at this right. point. Okay, okay. Uh, I still have some personal ventures as far as business that I like to attempt. Right. But if all else fails, and I ain't gonna be no fool, I right. do have to at least. Keep the income, and, and and it does allow me the opportunity to at least establish a business that I could actually help more down the road to, to then still seek my goals. But you know, um, yeah, right now school's number one on my list, um, and because once I get that piece of paper, so many more doors open up. I mean, heck, maybe even be a good opportunity for me to come back and work for a place just like Bosman, or if not at Bosman. That's so, certain. That's certain. Um, but I understand that piece of paper is. I understand its prevalence. And, 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 and it's necessity more so now than I did while I was there. I think I also have an idea of what I would do with it. And so now I'm also, you know, you know, I have this aspiration to be a public speaker and advocate, try to utilize that platform to, to, uh, to help educate and inform so many who are unaware of whatever it is. So as many, as many different venues that I can master, whether it be finance to try to help educate our communities about how to better handle money and invest. Um, and or even just bringing awareness and advocacy for those of us who blind, and even the spectrums in the middle, you know, talking to kids about making sure that you have a plan for tomorrow. You can be a great athlete, but what does life look like after sports? Michael Jordan had to find something else to do. Man, he's considered the GOAT now. You know, some people want to argue that, but, you know, he's considered the GOAT. The greatest of all time, the man changed the game. His name is, is across the world. But he's no longer dribbling a basketball. So, exactly. so, so we all have to realize that, that at some point, life is actually going to make some sort of adjustment. Do you still have, do you have a dream big enough to still go chase? They say one thing in life that's always constant is change. Huh? <laughs> yes, sir. It's always going to be so. But that's I definitely, right. definitely want to thank you. Mr. Le'Ron Carter for coming on the podcast today and giving us all that great information. Yes. And if you guys know anyone living or dealing with individual impairments, please visit us on the web at bosma.org. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, man.